In week 11, the top two AFC seeds lost, both at home, and two of the top NFC teams lost also. A running back record was set, but definitely not from someone you'd expect. The unexpected seemed to happen all across the league in the beginning part of this second half of the season. It's definitely introduced some triumphs and some underdogs and huge TV ratings, but definitely some turmoil as the favorites in the wagering space seem to be in, in a utter disarray at this point. Let's get into some of these in the Bunkers Week 11 Quick Hits. I think what took place on Thursday Night Football for the beginning of Week 11 really shook a lot of teams throughout the league. I think people are looking at it. Yes, Tom Brady was, of course, very important to the team, but now they're also seeing how there was such a unique partnership between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in that Bill definitely holds his own. He's taken this team with a rookie quarterback, and now they're on the brink of scaring up the rest of the AFC, considering certain teams such as uh, all of the AFC North, as well as the Buffalo Bills, have had a very tough time in it. In week 11, started off with a bang, I'd say, with the Patriots taking down the uh, Atlanta Falcons 25-zip in that game. New England has turned out five straight wins over their path. They've had five straight victories, four of them coming in double, double digits, by the way. They've held, it says right, so the Patriots basically have held their last three opponents to fewer than eight points, including shutouts with Atlanta, as we saw this past Thursday night. And during this five-game streak, win streak, New England is outscoring their opponents 175 to 50. If you want to see football done, not necessarily with this high-powered offense or defense such as the Kansas City Chiefs, but you just want to see grit and you just want to see people getting it done through execution uh, as a team, then the New England Patriots are going to be the most difficult bet the rest of the season. Lots of fun to watch, but definitely you can't bet against them this year. I think it'll be extremely entertaining to watch the remainder of the season as all the big favorites from KC to the Buffalo Bills go through the rest of the season, whereas the New England Patriots weren't necessarily predicted to win their own division. It's just great to watch this style of ball the rest of the way. Keep your eyes on the New England Patriots from here on out. In the beginning of the season, it was great to watch Derrick Henry just absolutely demolish defenses across the league. But something interesting was happening at a much quieter clip over in Indianapolis. A lot of good things are coming out for the Indianapolis for the Indianapolis Colts as a result of what Jonathan Taylor is doing for them this season. Now that Derrick Henry has gone down with the broken foot. Jonathan Taylor has quietly stepped in as the running back in all of the NFL. It's great to watch. He does it in a much different way, definitely, than Jonathan, than um, Derrick Henry, but it's just as interesting to watch. His past games made history. Jonathan Taylor's first NFL player in recording 175-plus yards, four-plus touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, one receiving TD, in a single game. He made history by doing that this past weekend. Uh, the Bills, when they played, when, when the Colts played the, the Bills this past weekend, the Bills actually entered the game as the number one rush defense in, in the league. And Taylor just took them apart. It was actually pretty interesting to watch. In this, in this specific game, Taylor was 185 yards, 32 carries, and four touchdowns. And he added another score 
in the passing game, as I said before, with receiving. He's now rushed for 1,122 yards, first one to reach 1,000 yards as, as a running back in the NFL this season. This guy came in with some great credentials from the University of Indiana. He, he ranks sixth on the all-time list in the NCAA in running backs, all-time rushing list. This is the funny part, the most interesting part to me. This season thus far, Jonathan Taylor's quietly transferred all that NCAA success. Now into the NFL, and actually he's he's one of at least one of two players, one of three players to rush for 100 plus yards in eight straight games. Matter of fact, if and when he scores his next touchdown, that's the most interesting thing. And which he'll definitely do. We have, I think they have seven or eight games left for the Colts. He'll be the first player to score a touchdown in nine straight games since Sean Alexander did it in 2005. That'll be a hell of a feat. And this is the best part. All of this has helped to propel his team, the Colts, in that the Colts are 6-0 anytime Jonathan Taylor has rushed for more than 100 yards. <laughs> and so, as much as we were talking about, rightfully so, Derrick Henry being the guy, and he is, what's happening with Jonathan Taylor is as impressive to me. I love watching this guy run. I hope everyone else is getting as much enjoyment about uh, out of it as I am as well. Keep our eye on him and definitely the Indiana, uh, Indianapolis Colts, Colts the rest of the season as well. When the Cowboys and the Kansas City Chiefs played this past Sunday, it was by far the most watched game of this young NFL, or midseason NFL season. 28 plus million people watched it. Television product, as I've talked numerous times about, is that the NFL is putting this product up. Uh, the ups and downs. It doesn't matter if someone's up, someone's down. If the Chiefs are on with Patrick Mahomes, if the Cowboys are on, if Tom Brady's playing, if the Rams are on television, even a team such as the 49ers. Anytime you put some of these teams on TV, you're going to get lots and lots of eyeballs watching this game. Cowboys and the Chief and the Chiefs drew a little over 28 million people watching their game. Previous high for this season was when Tom Brady was on TV at about a little over 26 million. Um, when he returned to New England. So that was a big, much-hyped game. Now that the Chiefs are ramping up, scaring the crap out of everybody across the league, they are definitely, week in and week out, going to be the most watched team. They played the Cowboys, which, win or lose, the Cowboys are always the biggest draw in the NFL. But now that the Chiefs are back, and now that Patrick Mahomes is playing the way he's playing, uh, Chris Jones is playing on the defensive side now that they've moved him back to the middle, He's just wrecking things. Only Aaron Donald, I think, brings more fear than Chris Jones does on the interior of the defensive line. Excluding Thanksgiving, the telecast of 28 plus million was the largest regular season audience in two plus years. NFL has something great going. I think ramping up into the playoffs and the holidays coming up, there's not going to be anyone in the NFL's way as they make their way or continue on as the, the 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 definitive king of television it's great to watch brings a lot of people together country definitely needs it right now i'm looking forward to more and more let's get them up into the 30 million range lots of competition lots of things we can all agree upon go nfl i'm all in for it i saw something very interesting this past weekend when watching the Steelers playing against the Los Angeles Chargers at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. The announcers made uh, 
They made a comment that stated that there were more than 65%, that more than 65% of the audience at LA's SoFi Stadium were Pittsburgh Steelers fans, waving their towels, the terrible towels and all that other stuff. I thought that was the most interesting thing. People always talk down to LA fans as if they are the worst fans in the league. I mean, using that as the worst. I understand that LA has a very di different demographic than anyone else in the NFL as far as the makeup of their fan base. I actually think the LA fan base is one of the largest in the country. And I'm not talking about just the Rams, just the Lakers, all of them combined. Anytime I see a Dodger game in any other stadium out throughout the country, if they're playing in Chicago, they're playing the Mets, if they're playing um, against the Astros, the, the hated Astros now, at least. I see Dodger blue throughout all of those places. Anytime the Lakers go someplace, you're gonna see the purple and gold throughout stadiums in the country. Anytime you see um, someone playing against the Rams, believe it or not, they actually, they actually draw well. The Chargers not so much yet, and the Clippers not so much as well, but you're definitely gonna see from the three largest teams, uh, fan bases in LA. That brings me to what took place this past week. Um, in at LA SoFi with all the Steeler, Steeler fans that traveled well, that lived here in LA, I'm sure, that actually represented their team at the game. It always makes me scratch my head how as much as people can talk poorly, speak poorly on about the LA fan base, how there's a fact that you just can't get away from a simple fact that the LA fan base is the only fan base that has, and the LA teams are the only teams that have a hate chant given to them by every stadium in the country the old beat la beat la beat la beat la it doesn't matter if it's the kings playing somewhere dodgers um clippers lakers rams now i'm sure the chargers are going to get it i loved how back in 1982 eastern conference the basketball eastern conference finals celtics against the 76ers 76ers at the celtics actually and as much as they are a big rival and the celtics were losing to the 76ers the old school boston celtics fans actually chanted beat la in support of the team that just beat their team the boston celtics as the winner of that series was going to go and play the los angeles lakers in the finals which the lakers won i believe four to one against the 76ers that year but the acts the absolute hate for the la fan base not the la fan base the la teams it's one of the most interesting things to watch i love fandom i love all the uniqueness the philly fans across the board i love how they got their own quirks new york yankee fans are to me a whole lot different than new york um knicks fans and of course the rangers and islanders and when you look at the san francisco 49er fans completely they're very similar to me to the Golden State Warrior fans and so on and so on when you do multi-sports across major cities. The LA fans are so unique for the Lakers versus the Rams, but all of them are put, in, put into one big pool by every other fan base across the, the country. They're just as crazy about their teams as everyone else, but it makes for something unique. All right, something fun to follow. Manning cast, disruption, disruption, disruption. I love following what's happening with Monday Night Football's Manning cast. 
doesn't draw the numbers of the main cast, does not draw the numbers of the main football games on Sunday or even Thursday night football. But the Manning cast itself to me is the most unique thing and the best thing going as far as as far as sports broadcasting that's out there right now. Every week, the Manning brothers bring on four different guests, four different guests per quarter. So you get an actual good amount of time per person. And it's not always someone from the NFL, whether it's coach or player. I actually love this past week's panel. You had Bill, Bill Parcells, Hall of Fame coach Bill Parcells. Uh, joining the Manning brothers in the first quarter. Kevin Hart, comedian, actor, uh, superstar Kevin Hart joined the Manning brothers for the second quarter. This is one I love was third quarter Condoleezza Rice. Loved, love her analysis. Loved the fact that they brought her on, someone from the political world, from the political sphere. And in the fourth quarter, they brought on former NFL player Julian Edelman. Each, each guest on the Manning cast brought something incredibly unique to the table in the discussions and it makes for wide range a wide range of discussions that can take place uh, the manning brothers especially peyton they're able to ask such probing questions that i think you don't find on any other sports broadcast even when certain sports broadcasts bring someone on they may see like oh look who's here and they bring them on put a headset on them it just doesn't come to the levels of what i'm seeing with the manning cast the Manning cast to me is the most unique thing and the best thing going in sports right now as far as broadcasting and televising of sports programming. I hope more and more people will get into it. I definitely think that the non-traditional crowd, as I mentioned before, demographics that aren't necessarily into the sport of NFL broadcast yet, younger folks, older folks who are looking for something different. You get all the analysis great analysis by the way by both Eli and Peyton throughout the game but you also get something somewhat of a feeling that makes it seem as though you're sitting on your couch with a friend and someone that's of interest from other walks of life that make it so at least for me very interesting to watch I hope the NFL and ESPN and all the other people that broadcast NFL games because it's the number one television show on five different networks I hope all of them put together something of this nature I'd love to see it happen in the in basket in the NBA as well and baseball as well they have to make it a lot looser very similar to what the Manning cast does I think that's the key to success you can still have your primary broadcast but this could be a digital primarily digital uh, broadcast of a sporting event to me which is built to move into the future that's all for today thanks for joining us have a great week